Praise the Lord. Hope you all are well. Last week I asked the question. What is the ultimate thing to be gained for the Christian? I asked. Is heaven our greatest reward? Is it so often preached to the unbeliever? You know, last night as I was watching, I think I was watching Elf. You may have seen it. It's funny. A commercial came on that asked the question, Do you know if you are going to heaven? The single question was the whole point of the whole commercial. As if heaven is the ultimate reward or the ultimate thing to be gained for the Christian. Is this true? Is heaven the ultimate reward? Or is salvation our greatest reward? Is eternal life our greatest reward? That is a pain-free, judgment-free, eternal existence. Is this our greatest reward? And last week I tried to show that from my perspective, the ultimate thing to be gained for the Christian is not heaven. Nor is it an eternal existence, nor is it even salvation. Now, depending, of course, on how you define salvation, the same as eternal life. But if to be saved means simply to avoid judgment, then no. For me, salvation is not the ultimate thing to be gained. But if being saved means to be near to my God and for my God to be near to me, to know God and to be known by God, well then, I may have a different answer. So what is the ultimate prize? What is the ultimate thing that we have to gain as men and women of God, even as Christians? When I ask myself, why am I a Christian? What is my heart? What is it that my inner being even my soul speaks back to me. Regardless of right or wrong, regardless of whether or not that voice is being selfish or not, what does it say? Because whatever it says, that is what is in my heart in truth. If God were to ask me as he asked Solomon, if God were to say to me, Stu, Ask of me whatever it is that you want. What then would be my response to the God of glory? What would be the words that would fill up my prayer? Would I say, Father, you've already given it. 
when you gave me your son, Jesus Christ? Or would I make a request? What is it that I seek? What is it that my heart is longing for? Who am I? And what do I want from the God of all the earth? Well, I know that for me, the longing of my heart does not belong to the wonderful gift of heaven. And I know that for me, the longing of my heart does not belong to the magnificent gift of a pain-free eternal existence. And just I know that as Christians, we already possess these things in Jesus, that is heaven and eternal life. But neither of these things are what my heart longs for the most. To me, these are not what are most important. I know that these things within themselves are not the reason why I do what I do. Neither of these things possess any value for me apart from Jesus Christ. For me, heaven may as well be hell if my Savior, Jesus Christ, isn't there when I arrive. And for me, eternal life may as well be an eternity of sadness if I cannot live it, praising and worshiping at the footstool of my great God and King. Well, let me raise this question again today. As children of God, what is the ultimate thing that we have to gain? What is the supreme reward for the Christian? What do we want the most? What is the one thing that God has to offer that if we were to receive from his hands would make us say within our heart, okay, now it is enough. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now this is an interesting verse for me to preach today. Because last week I preached, don't seek the gifts themselves, but seek the giver of the gifts. But here in Hebrews 11.6, God plainly says that it is just fine to seek the gift along with the giver. God says that it is just fine to seek the reward along with the rewarder. God states rather clearly that it is just fine to allow the wondrous possibilities of the rewards of God to settle within our minds and hearts. You see, imagination is not reserved for the little child alone. Though before God, are we not all the little child? Matthew six nineteen and 20 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, 
there your heart will be also. So says the Lord, it is just fine to give some of our attention to the treasure that we desire to lay up for ourselves in heaven. So now you say, but preacher, that's treasure that we store up in heaven. That verse you just read. But what about the rewards of God for the man or woman who still has their breath within them? And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little while. Well, I wonder, did we already forget Hebrews eleven six? That without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, our diligent pursuit of God happens while we still have our breath within us, correct? Hebrews 11.1 says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And nobody continues to hope for that which he has already obtained, right? So God says that if you desire to please me, you must first believe that I am who I say that I am. But he also says that we must also believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we please the heart of God when we trust him. But we also please the heart of God when we believe that he is good. Regardless of our situation. Regardless of our circumstances. For indeed... Our circumstances and our situations try and test our faith, don't they? And we are either proven before God as one who truly believes what he says that he believes. Or we deny ourselves before God as our faith withers away as it is scorched by the eastern winds of affliction. Hardship. Worry. Or persecution. For God so loves it when his children confirm their faith before him, regardless of circumstances, and so learn to trust him and to so enjoy him no matter the hand we've been dealt, no matter the lot that we have drawn. And by the way, how do we truly know anyway the hand we've been dealt, whether good or bad? For all the cards are in God's hands, not ours. God's the one sitting at the table. We are but the children at his feet, tugging on his leg, and untying his shoelaces. So I guess the question that I'm asking today is this. As you and I set our hearts to diligently seek God. What are the rewards that we seek from the Father? That is, what are the rewards of Hebrews 11.6 that we desire? As you and I pursue God, what is it that we are in pursuit of? of what are the dreams of our hearts as we diligently pursue the father what is it that we want most of all why do we do the things that we do for the sake of the kingdom of god you know why do i put in all the hours studying scripture why do i put in all the hours memorizing passages and verses of scripture why do i pray as often as i do why have i given up some of the things that I've given up. What is it that I'm looking for? What is it that I'm seeking? Now, stay with me. I know some of you are saying, what do you mean, why do we do these things? We do those things because we love Jesus. And I don't disagree. But today we're looking at it all from a different perspective. We're looking at it 
from the perspective of what are the things that we have to gain? What are the rewards of Hebrews 11.6 that we desire from the Lord? Now, we are not wrong in thinking this way, are we? God is the one who has put the word reward upon my lips. God is the one who has set my mind off in the direction that it is headed. And more than that, he has let us know that the very thing that we are talking about today is of utmost importance to him. These are not small matters. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You see it. And Psalm 145, 18 and 19 says that the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. So it seems to me just fine to dream in Christ Jesus, and it is just fine to ask God through prayer to fulfill that dream. And God has given us very good reason to believe that he will fulfill that dream. You know, those longing desires that consume our hearts. So when I ask, why do we do all the things that we do? I'm speaking in terms of the whole picture, the big picture. The whole counsel of the word of God. Hebrews 11.6 says that to believe is important. If we desire to please God. But it also says that to believe that God is good is just as important. So let us not deny the longings of our own hearts. These dreams of ours that the Father may have planted within us in the first place. Now this seems like a legitimate question to me. If indeed we're willing to be honest with ourselves. Why do we do the things that we do for the sake of the kingdom of God? The Apostle Paul said, If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. Indeed. So many thousands of dollars spent, and so many thousands of hours spent for what? If Jesus Christ is not who he says that he is. But we know that God is exactly who he says that he is. We know it in the same way that the Apostle Paul knew it. As he says in 2 Timothy 1.12. For I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. For I know whom I have believed. And we know whom we have believed as well. And so we have gladly set our hearts to go in pursuit of him. But what is it that we hope to find in the end? What has the most value to us? What is the greatest prize? What is it that we seek? What is it that we want the most? We all want something. We all have dreams. Solomon asked God for wisdom and understanding. Gideon asked God for a sign that it was God who was speaking with him. Nehemiah asked God for longer life. Jacob and Jabez asked God for the blessing of the Lord. The mother of the sons of Zebedee asked Jesus for her two sons, that one would sit on his right hand, on the other on his left within the kingdom of God. 
And Moses asked God to show him his glory. Moses asked God for the greatest reward of all. That is the personal, intimate knowledge of God. In Exodus thirty-three, thirteen, Moses says to God, Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways, that I may know you, that I may find favor in your sight. The prayer of Moses is this. He says, God, if you are pleased with me, then let my reward be to know the depths of who you are in truth. And with this intimate knowledge of God, I will use it to please you yet again and again and again. What Moses desired the most, his greatest prize, was God himself. Moses says, God, if today you are handing out rewards to those who have pleased you, then know that you are my greatest desire, my true reward. Let the nearness of God, he says, let the knowledge of God be my gift and my blessing from you. Now if you continue to listen to my sermons for as long as God allows me to do this, you're going to hear me say this, what I'm about to say, maybe a thousand times over. There is no greater reward within all the storehouses of heaven for God to pour out among men than the true reward of God's giving of himself in a personal and intimate way through Jesus Christ. Man's true joy and man's true happiness can only be fulfilled in the presence of God. As the psalmist noted, 1611, in your presence. That is in the presence of Almighty God. In your presence. Is the fullness of joy. There is no greater reward. Within all of the storehouses of heaven. For God to pour out amongst men. Than the intimate knowledge of God. Within our hearts. As the Holy Spirit speaks the words of power. And so stills the storms of this life. The intimate knowledge of God. The nearness of God is by far the greatest reward that God has to give to a man or a woman. There is no greater reward within all of the infinite storehouses of heaven than to personally hear the voice of grace as Jesus speaks the words of forgiveness within the heart of a man. There is no greater reward within all of the storehouses of heaven than to personally hear the ever so compassionate voice of faithfulness as he speaks, even whence we have failed him. How great a reward. How great of a reward indeed when the Father of glory extends his mighty yet oh so gentle hand to set the child back to his feet. There is no greater reward within all of the storehouses of heaven than to hear the voice of love as he speaks to us in the moment that we are feeling quite unloved by the world. The world may turn its back on you, but God, he will take you up.
what a reward. There is no greater reward within all of the storehouses of heaven than to know God as Father, to be the apple of God's eye. What a reward indeed. There is no greater reward within all of the storehouses of heaven that God has to pour out upon the Christian than the pouring out of the Spirit of God for the fantastic purpose of intimacy and loving fellowship. Praise you, Jesus. To give love to the Spirit of God and for the Spirit of God to give his love in return. What a reward indeed. There is no greater reward within all of the storehouses of heaven for God to pour out amongst the Christian than the true reward of being brought in to live and abide within the intimate presence of God. Hmm. For in God's presence the fairy tale comes to life. It is a wonderful tale, not written by man with pen and ink on paper, but a wonderful tale to be written by God upon the tablets of our hearts by his gracious spirit. Thank you, Jesus. There is no greater reward within all of the storehouses of heaven for God to pour out amongst men than the gift of our ability to pursue God diligently only to find him and to, to grow to know him and to come to be known by him. Hmm. Hmm. This is our greatest reward. This is our greatest boast. This is our greatest pride. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 says, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for I delight in these things, declares the Lord. This is my reward to know the depths of God and to be known by the depths of God. This is exactly why I study and to memorize and to preach and to pray. To know the depths of the heart of God in an intimate way and to be known by the depths of the heart of God. This is why I'm a Christian. And I don't mean to know of God. A book can teach me this. I mean to know and to be known by God intimately. There's nothing I want more. This very thing is the longing of my heart. And I know it is yours as well. And to know God and to be known by God means to have an intimate knowledge of who he is. We all know that God is love. But we want to know the depth of his love. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 3, 18, 19, he says that he wishes for men and women to know and comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Do you see it? I don't know about you, but I want to be filled up to all the fullness of God. This is, this is true reward. This is a true reward. But I think the issue that we sometimes have is that we just aren't able to see just how great and marvelous of a thing it is to know God. 
Or as Ephesians just said, we don't quite comprehend just how great and glorious of a thing it is to be filled up to all the fullness of God. Psalm 145.3 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. To know God and all of his greatness, this is the reward that we truly desire, isn't it? Hebrews 11.5 says that by faith Enoch was taken up so that he did not see death. He could not be found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Enoch's true reward for believing God and for being pleasing to God was to be brought into the very presence of the goodness of God. Enoch's true reward was to be at once ushered into the glory of God having never experienced physical death. Enoch's true reward was to be at once. Even in the twinkling of an eye, Enoch was filled up to all the fullness of the unsearchable greatness of God. For Enoch was literally taken from the earth by God to live in the glory of his presence. But for you and I in the New Testament era, those of us who are under the new covenant, the covenant written not with ink, but with blood, as if from a lamb unblemished and spotless, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Our great reward is not like Enoch's. That we would be instantly escorted in to live in the presence of the glory of God. But that the presence of the glory of God comes to live within us in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says that we have this treasure on earth in vessels. Did you hear that? The Spirit of God is the treasure, isn't he? He is the true reward, isn't he? We have this treasure in earth in vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. The Spirit of God is Father within men. Is this not our ultimate reward? Is this not the great treasure to be pursued? 2 Corinthians 6, 16-18 says, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. To walk hand in hand with God on earth, brothers and sisters, to know Almighty God as Father, is this not our great reward? Ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing within all the storehouses of heaven that God has to pour out amongst men that is greater than Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, does this mean that God has nothing besides himself to offer the man or woman of God who diligently seeks him? Absolutely not. All good things belong to God, brothers and sisters, and he gives it to whoever he wishes. Jesus tells his disciples in Mark 10 that there is no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms, along with persecutions, 
and in the age to come, eternal life. And we've already read Psalm 145, 18 and 19 that says, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear Him. He also hears their cry and saves them. Now Psalm 145 says that God fulfills the desire of those who fear Him. Not the needs of those who fear Him. God's reward is both need and desire. Or need and want. Most of you heard Psalm 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. For God has many good things stored up to be poured out upon the men and women whose delight is the Lord. God has so many good things stored up for the man and woman whose true reward is Jesus Christ. Solomon asked God for the wisdom of God, and how did God respond to his request? The Bible says that God was pleased. And so God gave to Solomon all of the things that he didn't ask for. Long life, riches, and honor. But what do we set our hearts on? Is it the good thing that God has to give? Or is it the intimate knowledge of the giver of the good thing who is our true reward? What is the ultimate thing that we are in pursuit of as Christians? What is the thought that makes our hearts jump with delight? Is it the thought of God pouring out upon us things? Or is it heaven? Or is it the thought of God pouring out upon us an intimate knowledge of himself that we may know what is the manifestation of his spirit as love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control to be filled up to all the fullness of the greatness of God. To know what is the breadth and length and height and depth of the attributes of God. This, my brothers and sisters, this is the unfathomable reward of the very fellowship of the King of glory, the God of all the earth. What a reward. You remember Psalm 37, 4 and 5? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. You see, God wants every man's heart to feel that there is nothing that God has to give that is greater or more significant than God's giving of an intimate knowledge of himself. God wants every man's heart to feel that the intimate presence of his spirit is the ultimate reward to be gained. And doesn't this make perfect sense, brothers and sisters? Do we not all want people to love us for who we are and not simply because we have something to give like heaven? God wants to be our supreme delight. 
the ultimate thing that we have to gain as Christians. The ultimate reward. God tells Abram in Genesis 15.1. He says, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Now that I've had some time to think about it, this last half hour, I've been speaking with you. I think today I will tell God what it is that I want. Father, that I may know the depths of who you are, that I may be pleasing to you, even every moment, whether for life or for death. You know, King David had a single request. Psalm 27, 4. He says, one thing I've asked from the Lord, this only do I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. And to seek him in his temple. What is it that you want the most? What is it that you seek? What is it that you are looking for? Thank you, Jesus Christ, that you bring us by your own blood into the presence of the Father. That we may know the depths of his goodness and so that we may be known by the depths of his greatness. This is our true reward. Amen. Hey, if anybody wants to chat, my email is truthlandchurch at gmail. Peace.